I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, June 10, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So the market had another big gap higher today. Now we've spent two days closing above the 50-day moving average. We knew that was important back then when we began discussing it. Now we'll discuss it again because it is important. We're going to discuss where the market is, what should be happening, what shouldn't be happening, where are we now, and how do we handle it going forward? What are our bogeys? What will tell us that this was a counter trend rally and it is or either will be over or What's telling us that we're going to continue higher to either test or continue on to new highs? We'll go through all the numbers, both on the resistance side and the support side. We'll discuss it all and we'll continue to put the pieces to the puzzle together. Let's start with where we've come from off the recent bottom. So the recent bottom, which was last Monday, came in at a low on the spider of 273.09. Before we got there, a few days before we got there, when I said we were looking for a low, we were looking for a low anywhere in between 274 and 270, 271 in that neighborhood. Before we got there, I said when we do find a low, we're going to have a 75 to 125 point rally in the S&P 500. Right now, from those lows last Monday to today's highs, we've already been up Almost 180 handles on the S&P. That's absolutely nothing short of tremendous. Could anybody see that coming? Absolutely not. However, what we do say all the time is, in counter-trend rallies, these rallies can be sharp, hard, fast, they'll rip your face off. We use all the terms necessary. This one was certainly a pole position qualifier. All right, enough of that. The question is, are we going to continue higher? Where the heck are we going? Where is the next resistance area on the upside? All that stuff. Let's start talking about both sides. We'll start with the upside. What happens if the market continues higher? Well, we don't know that it will or it won't, but here's the gauge that we'll use to see if the market's going to trade higher, it's got to get above and close hourly first above today's high. So even if we got above, closed hourly above today's high, where would that bring us in the SPY on the upside? Well, there's a couple of natural areas. It comes in right about 293, give or take. That would be the area that I would be targeting for the next major area of resistance if we continue higher. Now let's talk about some other things that are important on the charts. We're looking at a daily chart. Traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader will recognize that we actually came into today, during the day, we came into and were rejected from a very important area. So even though it never feels like it during the day, it always feels like the market is going to continue higher. Nobody ever believes that it's going to turn around. But when you sit back after the fact and you play Monday morning quarterback, you'll see that they ran up, they spiked through the big fat round number of 
2,900 on the S&P 500, 290, they actually got almost to 291 in the SPY. And just for kicks and grins, here's a list of the important numbers from inside the numbers. And you'll see the second one down on the middle column under SPY is 290.60. The S&P E-mini futures contract is 2906. The horizontal line at 290.60 represents the resistance level you just saw on the SPY or spiders. And the corresponding level on the S&P E-mini futures contract, 2906, they actually missed it by one tick on the upside. So if you look at today's high, today's high comes in at 2905.75. Now, we never know exactly which important number the market will stop dead short and reverse from, but what we do know is the majority of the time, the important numbers, whether price is coming down to an important number or price is coming up to an important number, generally will have at least an intraday reaction from those important numbers. I'll give you another one. Here's part of the midday update. You'll see down at the 1230 update, the bogey for now is ES2889. Hourly closes below are bearish. Now, a little bit of a different flavor or a little bit of a different look. Here's an hourly chart of the S&P E-mini futures contract. You can see what happened. The market ran up at noon to that high of the day and then began to just slide lower for the remainder of the day, actually hit just slightly below the 28.89, and had a nice bounce off that level before coming down, but yet closing above that price at the end of the day. Here's even a different look using a five-minute chart. Here's the opening of the day. Price ran up to 29.05.75, and then just slid back down right into that 2889. Where did that 2889 come from? Well, you can see it here. You see the opening range low of the day, 2889. That was the low of the first candle of the day. Many traders use the 30-minute opening range low. The same 2889 will show up as the opening range low, whether you're looking at a 5-minute chart or in this case, a 30-minute chart. It was the opening range low. Price spiked through it a little bit. However, price did bounce off in the upward direction of the 28.89 after spiking through a little bit. So the reason I bring this up, there's more than one reason, but one of the reasons I bring this up is because let's discuss whether or not the type of activity that went on throughout the day was actually bullish or bearish. Let's start with a clean look at the daily chart of the SPY. And the first thing that comes to mind is we close the second day in a row above the 50 period moving average. The bulls are currently in control of the market. It is what it is. The SPY also put in somewhat of a tail candle today. Didn't have heavy volume. It is a tail candle. It's something the bears might be able to hang their hat on right now, but it's not all that much just yet. Before we move on from the daily chart, I do want to make mention of one other thing that does stand out like a sore thumb. It's also something that is discussed in great detail in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. And on the daily chart, we should be in the zone for a turn down. Doesn't have to be, at least initially, a big turn down, but something that's discussed in detail in the course will dictate from a time perspective why. How do you trade it? 
against today's high is the obvious place where you would know the trade was incorrect. Hourly closes above today's high, and certainly a daily close above today's high, would be no good for the bears. Working our way down from the daily chart, we'll take a look at a 240-minute chart, and we see something of the same flavor that we just discussed from a time perspective. It looks different on the 240-minute chart, but when you look closely, it's exactly the same. Now, what I also find interesting, and again, my eye goes to whatever the first thing that I see that's important, and in this case, my eye went to two things. It went to the time zone, if you will, and then it went to where we closed this 240-minute candle as it relates to the previous 240-minute candle, and it was below that candle. That's not bullish. Doesn't have to mean a market collapse, but it's certainly not bullish. Does it mean they're going to come down and at least fill the gap? Where in this case comes in about 288. We don't know that for sure, but that would be the natural garden variety thing for the market to do. Working down to the 120 minute chart, much of the same thing, but here's what we have to notice. Each and every chart we look at, we have to take stock of where the market is. When you look at, for example, this 120 minute chart, there's nothing bearish on this chart from a short-term perspective. This market can come all the way down to 287 and even slightly below and still remain in a bullish position on this 120-minute chart. So we always have to take stock of where we are on all charts. When all charts confirm the same thing, it's generally a layup. When all charts don't confirm the same thing, it's not a layup. Back to the daily chart, and before we move forward, let's make mention of a couple of things. A, the daily chart is in the same position we just discussed on the 120-minute chart. We're above all the moving averages. The bulls are in control. It is what it is. But I also wanted to mention one other thing. You've seen a line, and I haven't yet to mention it. It's 283. What is that line? What does it represent? Why is it there? All good questions. It represents the double bogey. I spent a lot of time on this over the weekend and what I came up with, and this is a weekly basis close. So if we close a week below 283, that's all she wrote. In my book, that's a pivot. In my book, that would actually bring in a lot of sellers into the market. Now we're nowhere near 283. That's 60 S&P handles away. I understand that. But the number is the number. That doesn't mean the market doesn't turn bearish before that. If we get below the 50 period moving average and other things are taking place, we'll be able to identify if in fact we've seen another top. I'm giving you a very, very important weekly number. Write it down, put it on a sticky note, keep it on the side for right now. One more thing I want to mention before we move on. I know this is the second or third one more thing, but it's important. When the market was on its way back up, we began discussing that we're looking for a top. Looking and stepping into the market at an arbitrary price with a short trade are two different things. So I just want to remind traders of something that we talk about quite extensively. I want to discuss it again. The market can always travel farther in either direction, whether it's down or up, south or north, can travel farther than most people ever really believe it can. We've seen it time and time again on the downside. We've seen it time and time again on the upside. We saw it leading up into the May 1st top. 
So we use the term sign and a signal of a trend change. These are things that are discussed and taught in detail in the course. We're not interested to take a trade at an arbitrary price unless A, we know our risk, B, we know where we're wrong, C, we have a reason for the trade, and D, and we say this all the time, you don't need to be the first participant to the party. You just need to make sure you're there while everybody's having a good time. Now, can a trader be short against today's high? Absolutely. You just have to be prepared that you could be wrong. Price could trade above today's high. We could close above today's high. And there would likely be, and there would be, another price that would end up being final destination and being the right trade. Today could be the right trade. We just don't know that yet. You don't know where the market's going to either open, gap higher, lower tomorrow. We have no idea. This whole business is based on probabilities and having an understanding to know where you're wrong and more importantly, to take action when you're wrong. It's one of the biggest challenges traders face is admitting where they're wrong. When we can't do that and we can't take the loss when we're wrong, the loss ends up growing larger and larger and larger. You all know the drill. We've all been there. Knowing the right answer and acting on the right answer are, again, two different things. We have to be able to do both. What's going on in Camp IWM? Look what happened today. We traded almost, not quite, but almost up into the 100 period moving average. There is a pretty large convergence of moving averages up there. We did gap above the 20, which was a stopping point last week. So that is at least a positive sign for the IWM. But until and unless they can bust through and begin trading above and closing above all three of those moving averages, let's say they have to get to at least over 154.5 at minimum. Getting up there and staying up there is bullish. Until and unless that happens, this is the canary in the coal mine, or at least one of the canary in the coal mines. It is my favorite market leading indicator, and you know the other one, which is the canary in the coal mine, the large majority of the time are the transports. And when you look at the transports today, you see something very, very similar in the IWM. So what I find really intriguing is how in lockstep the transports and the IWM have been trading together. And from the bottom, everything's been trading together. But those two charts look entirely different than everything else. So one of two things has to happen. Either these two markets, the transports and the IWM, will catch up to the other markets. They will get above and continue trading above these moving averages, likewise in the IWM. Or the other markets will flip around and catch up with the IWM and the transports. One of those two things will happen. How about the cues? What's going on in the tech space? Well, here's an interesting one. We closed below the 50-period moving average. They spiked through it pretty good, but closed below it on the face that may look somewhat bearish. But hold your horses. We've done this one before, so I want to throw it out there. We're going to put it as a puzzle piece. We'll put it on the table. We'll see what happens. Nothing to hang our hat on. However, you see this gap here? The gap actually comes in at 183.04. The Q's closed at 
15. I don't see that as accidental or a coincidence. Maybe it's meaningful. Maybe it's not. I notice it. I'm bringing it to the forefront. I put it on the table as a puzzle piece. We'll see what happens. I would say of more importance is the fact that we were not able to close above the 50 period moving average in the queues. That to me has more importance, but I look at that gap and I say they had every opportunity to close below that gap. However, they chose to close above that gap. I have no choice but to note it, put it on the table. Pretty decent update in the stock market. We were up a lot more earlier than we finished. However, the VIX really never did get the volatility sucked out of it. So that's another puzzle piece. It's on the table. As long as we remain above Friday's low, 15.33 coinciding with these moving averages over here, as long as we remain above Friday's low, we should be okay Closing daily or first even hourly below Friday's low would likely bring us into the 14s like we discussed. I look at the 14s as a likely buying opportunity if we were to get down there. And by the way, as a side note, it's not lost on me. I'm still getting a flood of emails about new highs, all kinds of stuff about that was the low, this, that, and the other thing. And maybe it was. But we all know that the more of those that come in, the more likely it is that at least right now, the market won't just continue higher indefinitely. They never make it easy, and we know the market's job. The market's job is to trick, trap, fool, and frustrate as many traders as possible, as much of the time as possible. Here's a leading indicator for you. Let's go talk about the XLF taking a stop down at the financial district. We flagged this a while ago. We're above all the moving averages. We talked about 27.50. Where's the high today? The high today was 27.55 and they fell back off slightly. Closing the week above 27.50 will be positive and bullish, not just for the XLF, but that will filter through the rest of the markets. Again, not to sound like a broken record, but it's an important thing that we always reiterate and recognize that the financials are a big component of the S&P 500. That being said, without the financials participation, it's unlikely that you get a big disconnect in the markets. If the financials are going higher, you're unlikely to see the market going very far in the other direction and vice versa. As long as the financials stay up in this neighborhood, there's technically nothing wrong with the financials and you're unlikely to see a collapse in the stock market. Trading back below these moving averages, certainly getting back below the 20 period moving average would be the first signal that there's something amiss and that we may have just made another lower high. And the lower high would look like this. There's your high and here's a lower high right now. We don't know that. That's not necessarily confirmed, but a lower high would be negative. A lower high would be bearish and would likely send prices down like this. A lower high is what the bears are looking for. But what happens if we just stop here and then we just banter back and forth a little bit above the moving averages? Well, that would mean that price is essentially consolidating, building energy for another move higher. Remember, Friday's close at 27.50 is going to be uber important. How about the SMH? This is the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. The SMH had a tremendous rally higher, especially today. We went up into that 207, 208 area, 
The high today was exactly 207.85. We talked about 207, maybe 207.50. I can't recall the exact number. I'm pretty sure we discussed 207 as being important. Check that. 107. I don't think this is going to be at 207 anytime soon, at least not by tomorrow. I think I have numbers running wild through my head. And that being the case, it's a good spot to give it a wrap tonight. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.